0: Good morning everyone and a very warm welcome to Morning Worship and a special welcome as always to our family and friends joining us from all across the country and around the world. And I think we need to give a wave to Alan. It's great to see you Alan. We've always known that you were there but we weren't able to see you. So welcome to Zoom Alan. Uh, This is what we look like in our own little pictures and uh, I hope you enjoy it as much as you did on the telephone. Um, I also want to just say a welcome to one or two visitors that we're expecting who may not have quite joined us yet. But if you spot someone called Christian, will you make them welcome? We're hoping they're going to join us later on today. Our service will be led by our Minister Katrina, and we'll also hear the voices of Edith, Bethany and Dr Beth. We'll be singing along with recordings of ourselves, and you may well have already spotted that we've got an augmented choir this morning. You'll hear Neil on trumpet, our own choir, plus singers from other West End churches and the children uh, from Paul's school, Thorntree Primary School, including an amazing solo from Effie. Then at 7pm this evening, the Baptist Union of Scotland will be hosting uh, the latest prayer broadcast, and that will be on Facebook Live. Then just a couple of other wee uh, announcements. First of all, um, to parents and grandparents, um, there was a little questionnaire that went out from the Sunday school staff. And you might feel it's a bit too late to return it if you haven't returned it yet, but I'm sure they'd still like to hear your views. So if you still haven't returned that wee questionnaire, still do it, and the staff will be really pleased to hear from you. And then just a wee reminder that the last Sunday of this month is going to be our sharing service when Katrina would like to have a note of any hymns or poems or photographs or images that have meant something to you recently. And she will try to weave a service around those things. So that's for the last Sunday of the month, but she'll need them by next Sunday to give her time to see how to weave all of our lives together for that sharing service on the last Sunday of August. And then just a wee note, you may have noticed in the key that there is uh, an offer open when we come to the autumn study groups. If there are one or two folk who might be interested in meeting not on Zoom, but meeting face-to-face for those study groups. Now, there would be small groups because it would be just a maximum of three households or eight people or and eight people, whichever you arrive at first. Um, but if you would like to perhaps offer to host one of those, or like to be part of one of those. Clearly, it would have to be done within the very strict public health guidelines, but if you would still be interested in that, given all of those restrictions and guidelines, would you please speak to Katrina and let her know? Otherwise, the autumn studies will be on Zoom. We gather again next Sunday at 11 a.m. for worship, but as always in the meantime, if there's anything that you need, just let me know. These are all our notices.
1: Thank you very much, Anne. And just to say, please don't feel any pressure either way on on the study groups. We will be running online study group anyway. It's just the offer is there um, to see if we can make something face-to-face for those who would find it beneficial. I actually went to a cafe for the first time in five months on Friday. And I refused to go in. I insisted that we sit outside. That's just me. That's where I'm at with it. So wherever you're at with any of this, it's totally fine. Just be who you are, how you are. We are together in this, in in all our glorious diversity. And perhaps it's appropriate that our call to worship comes from somebody speaking in a time of adversity this morning. Some words from the book of Job. And in the midst of his conversation with his Good friends, fairly early on in in the story, he says these words. Ask the animals and they will teach you, or the birds in the sky and they will tell you, or speak to the earth and it will teach you, or let the fish in the sea inform you. Which of all these does not know that the hand of the Lord has done this? In his hand is the life of every creature and the breath of all Humankind. So we come to God in prayer. And of course, after I've led us, we will share the Lord's prayer in the language and form that for each of us feels the most normal and natural. In Deuteronomy, we read this. As an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young. As it spreads its wings, takes them up and bears them aloft on its pinions. So the Lord alone guided our forebears. God, our protector, like a mother eagle who watches over us, who gently nudges us to take the risks that bring independence and who swoops down to catch us when fear, panic or wrong choices leave us in peril. We praise and thank you for your presence with us, now as we worship you and in our ordinary everyday lives. In Isaiah we read, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint and strengthens the powerless. Even youths will faint and be weary, and the young will fall exhausted. But those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God our strengthener, like a mighty eagle soaring heavenwards, who comes to us in our weariness, frustration and regret, who restores and refreshes us, enabling us not merely to plod, but to run. As we gather now to worship you, we dare to ask you to refresh and renew us for the days ahead. God, our parent, strong and protective as a mother eagle, hear our voices now as we pray in the words Jesus gave his followers, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen.
2: God, my God, how great you are! Beautifully, gloriously robed, dressed up in sunshine, and all heaven stretched out for your tent. God's trees are well watered, the Lebanon cedars he planted. Birds build their nests in those trees. Look, the stork at home in the treetop. What a wildly wonderful world, God. You made it all with wisdom at your side. Made earth overflow with your wonderful creations. Oh, look, the deep, wide sea, brimming with fish past counting, sardines and sharks and salmon. The glory of God, let it last forever. Let God enjoy his creation. Oh, let me sing to God all my life long. Sing hymns to my God as long as I live. Oh, let my song please him. I'm so pleased to be singing to God.
1: Some of you may know um, the minister, Reverend Dr. Graham Clark, who is at Paisley Central Baptist Church. He is quite a good friend of Hillhead in his own way and somebody who I've had the privilege of knowing right back to when I was a student in Manchester. So a long, long time. Graham is also an amazing photographer. He does a lot of landscapes. He does cityscapes. He does wildlife photography. He does flower photography. And when I approached him to talk about today's service, I said, you've been doing a series of birds. Would you actually be willing to just give us half a dozen photos? Well, as you'll see, Graham was incredibly generous and has given us a lot more than half a dozen photos. So I hope it works and I hope you enjoy looking at these amazing birds, all of them made by God.
2: Readings in this section, and the first one is from Genesis chapter 8, verses 6 to 12. At the end of 40 days, Noah opened the window of the ark that he had made and sent out the raven, and it went to and fro until the waters were dried up from the earth. Then he sent out the dove from him to see if the waters had subsided from the face of the ground, but the dove found no place to set its foot, and it returned to him to the ark, for the waters were still on the face of the whole earth. So he put out his hand and took it and brought it into the ark with him. He waited another seven days, and again he sent out the dove from the ark, and the dove came back to him in the evening, and there in its beak was a freshly plucked olive leaf. So Noah knew that the waters had subsided from the earth. Then he waited another seven days and sent out the dove, and it did not return to him any more. The second reading is from 1 Kings, chapter 17, verses 2 to 6. The word of the Lord came to Elijah, saying, Go from here and turn eastwards and hide yourself by the Wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. You shall drink from the Wadi, and I have commanded the ravens there to feed you. So he went and did according to the word of the Lord. He went and lived by the Wadi Cherith, which is east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning, and bread and meat in the evening, and he drank from the wadi. The last is from Luke chapter 12, verses 22 to 26. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, or about your body, what you will wear, for life is more than food, and the body more than clothing. Consider the ravens, they neither sow nor reap. They have neither storehouses nor barns, and yet God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to the span of your life? thing as that, why do you worry about the rest?
3: i
1: glamorous assistant who's just stolen my water so uh, if I get pushed out of the way it's because I have a cat next to me but I wonder what your favorite bird is if you have one is it perhaps the red-breasted Robin that appears on Christmas cards is it the owl is it a peacock with a beautiful tail is it the dove the white dove of peace or a swan perhaps it's something else One thing I'm fairly confident, though, is it's really unlikely that you will tell me your favourite bird is the raven. This week, as has been the case over the whole summer, I found myself really strongly drawn to particular passages from the Bible. And it's been a really interesting summer because it hasn't gone anywhere I thought it might have gone when we planned this series that was kind of going to look at nature and creation. And it was when I was reading the passage from Luke that I was particularly struck by something that I must have read dozens and dozens of times, but hadn't really noticed. Because usually it's not the Luke version of this we hear, it's the Matthew version. And there is a subtle but important difference. Matthew has Jesus simply say, look at the birds of the air, or consider the birds of the air. But in Luke, Jesus specifically says, consider the ravens. Well, that's odd, isn't it? But it's also really interesting. And it's led me down a very interesting avenue of exploration this week. The Hebrew name for a raven just translates as black. So they are, if you like, just black birds. And in lots of ancient cultures, in Roman culture, Greek culture, in Celtic culture, in Islamic culture, and in First Nation North American culture, we find mentions of ravens. But they're never positive. Ravens are always treated with suspicion. In some cultures, they're seen as omens of bad luck. And I'm sure... Those of you who are good on your collective nouns for birds and animals will know that in English, the most frequently used collective noun for ravens is an unkindness. Poor ravens, what a rotten time they have. They are scavengers, they are carrion birds. You will see them on the side of the road. I went for a walk last night and I saw one on the side of Great Western Road, um, just poddling around on the pavement. You can't train them to hunt. You can't eat them. They're on the list of unclean birds in Leviticus. Although I guess you could eat them nowadays because Jesus declared all things clean. But hey, let's just stick with Leviticus for now. And you can't, you know, they can't carry messages. And they've got no really positive associations like owls for wisdom or doves for peace. But according to Luke, Jesus said, look at the ravens the undesirable birds, the birds that you think are worthless. You can't even sacrifice them to God. They are just ugly blackbirds. But God cares for them as much as for anybody else. God cares for the outcast. God cares for those dismissed as worthless. God cares for those who are treated with mistrust or suspicion. Consider the ravens. And then the flood story. We know that well. And we know about that fatal, faithful, faith, faithful, faithful little dove that Noah sends out that flies backwards and forwards and comes back with the olive tree orid branch in its beak and then eventually it settles. But wait, before the dove comes the raven. And this is before we've had any of this good and bad, clean and unclean stuff. It stretches its wings and it flies. Actually, we don't know whether it comes back to the ark or not. We don't know whether it comes back and settles and goes out. All we're told is it floats, flies to and fro, backwards and forwards until such time as there is somewhere for it to settle. There's no criticism of the raven in this story. And yet, if we look at the ancient Jewish understanding, this is where we begin to see, and I was quite shocked to realise this, black as bad, and at least by implication, white as good. Because the raven is sometimes taken to symbolise vice and the dove, which we tend to think of as white, as virtue. So we set up these two birds, a vice bird and a virtue bird in some thinkings, not my thinking, but it is in some thinkings. So these poor ravens are prejudged on the basis of one way of reading an ancient myth. That's unfair, isn't it? Doesn't that also reflect human experience? myths about nations and races, prejudices based on your skin colour or your accents or your postcode or which school you went to and its past exam performances. All sorts of injustices are perpetuated in societies, however much we try. Consider the Ravens. And then the Elijah story, full of miracles and mysteries, none more so than this strange account of the ravens that come and bring food and water to Elijah at a time when he's in hiding. I really clearly remember the day when this was demythologized for me because the word that is translated as raven in most Bibles, pretty much all Bibles I've ever seen, Can also be translated as Bedouin, the desert dwellers, the nomads. These were people who had no fixed abode and they travelled backwards and forwards, stopping off where they could. And the name black or even raven, um, they were apparently sometimes nicknamed ravens, had to do with their clothing, not their skin colour or their hair colour. Remember these were almost certainly Arabic or Semitic people, so their olive skin, probably black hair and dark eyes, but it was their clothing that earned them the nickname of ravens. But you know what? It's no less miraculous if a group of Bedouins spotted this Israelite prophet hiding and brought him food and water twice a day. And doesn't that make a little bell go off about a story that Jesus told about a despised foreigner who helped an injured man. We all know the story of the Good Samaritan. And reading that Elijah story this week, I thought, hang on a minute, there's a parallel there if I have the eyes to see it. Consider the Ravens. And I suppose the question that's really come into my mind this week as I've looked back at these Bible stories about big, black, ugly, unloved, worthless birds is and who are your ravens, Katrina? Who are the people you need to think about? Which are the people or people groups that I or we dismiss based on prejudices that perhaps we've never even recognised until now? Who might be the ravens searching for somewhere to rest whilst attention moves on to something much more attractive, more winsome, like the dove? Who are the ravens that go out of their way to help people when there is no reward and actually there is a risk of rejection or ridicule in doing so? Who are the ravens that God sees and cares about? Whose fragile lives we are called to observe and learn from. Jesus told his followers that they could learn from the ravens. Birds considered to be worthless. And I guess it's a bit easy to read this and stop at where Jesus takes it about not worrying. Don't worry because... God cares for these worthless birds and therefore God will care for you. But I wonder, can we actually hear it slightly differently? As a call to live more like the ravens. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable are you than birds? Jesus said, are not two sparrows sold for a penny, yet not one of them falls to the ground unnoticed by God. He also said, how often have I desired to gather you children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings and you are not willing. Let's keep those images in mind as we come to God with our prayers. There is a response uh, which is printed on your order of service. And we're going to say it while you're invited to join in with it. Um, With the mics muted, this pussycat's distracting me. Um, When I say God of the ravens, you're invited to join me in saying, hear our prayer. So let us pray together. Jesus, mothering hen. He longs to draw us into the secure shelter of your wings, all whom you love. Help us to be willing to to be gathered and to enable others to be gathered into the safety of God's eternal shalom. God who watches over the sparrow and feeds the raven, we bring you our prayers in the safe assurance that you will hear us. God of the Ravens, hear our prayer. As we look around the world this week, there is so much suffering and so much insecurity that it threatens to overwhelm our minds and hearts. Where can we begin our prayers? And how can we live them out? We bring to you those who, even as we pray, are in tiny dinghies crossing treacherous shipping lanes, whether that's the Mediterranean or the English Channel, risking everything in the hope of a safer, more secure future. Help us to see these people as you do, to value them as you do, and to speak up for them whenever we have the opportunity. Give to those who gather them into assessment centres, compassionate hearts and wise minds so that they are listened to properly and treated fairly. God of the ravens, hear our prayer. We bring to you those whose public examinations were cancelled and whose grades have been the subject of so much controversy and confusion. Help students and educational institutions to find ways forward that will bring new hope and fresh opportunities to learn and flourish. May those who face disappointment find comfort and those who support them be granted wisdom. And may those who have known success enjoy and engage with their chosen studies or employment. God of the Ravens, hear our prayer. We bring to you the World of BMS World Mission, whose focus this week is on religious freedom. With them, we pray for people in India, Afghanistan, Nepal, and other nations they cannot name who experience persecution and arrest because of their faith in Christ. We pray for the work of the UK Government All-Party Working Group on Freedom of Religious Belief, who seek to ensure that there is genuine liberty to practice any faith or none without fear of ridicule or discrimination. Help us never to become complacent about the freedoms we enjoy, nor to deny them to others. God of the ravens, hear our prayer. We bring to you the churches of our Baptist Union of Scotland, especially thinking of those in Kilmarnock, Kings Park, Kintore, and Kirkintilloch as they seek to be good news in their local communities. Help them in all the projects they work hard to deliver, to see those communities as you do, and to give generously of their time and talent. Encourage them when they're disappointed, strengthen them when they grow weary, and shelter them when they are fearful. We pray for our general director, martin hodson that you would strengthen protect and inspire him in all that he does for the work of your kingdom god of the ravens hear our prayer we think of our own church community in our diversity and individuality each one known and loved by you each one invited to secure embrace of your protective presence. Each one invited to learn from you how to be the people you made us to be. And today we name before you, Paul P and Mary P, Jenny, Leslie and Alistair, Grace and Will, Nancy, Lizzie and Petrie, Jean R, Sylvia and Norman, Ian and Elizabeth, Ailey, John, Owen and Ethan, Joan R, Nuala, Jonathan, Idris and Casper. God of the Ravens, hear our prayer. And lastly, we bring ourselves to you, just as we are, however we feel, whatever life is like for us just now. Maybe we need you to shelter us like a mother hen. Maybe we need you to teach us to be free like a mother eagle. Maybe we need to be reassured that we are noticed and named like the raven. In a few moments of quiet, let us bring our private prayers to God. God of the ravens, hear our prayer. Amen. May the God whose eye is on the sparrow watch over us. May the God who feeds the raven sustain us. May the God who shelters the chicks protect us. May the God who soars like the eagle liberate us. May the God who descends like the dove give us peace this day and always. Amen.